Teach me about the Great Lakes. Teach me about the Great Lakes. Welcome back to Teach Me About the Great Lakes, an exactly twice monthly podcast in which I, a Great Lakes novice, ask people who are smarter and harder working than I am to teach me all about the Great Lakes. My name is Stuart Carlton, and I work with Illinois Indiana Sea Grant, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by a two-pack of co-hosts. First, our uh, senior history correspondent, Ethan Chitty. Ethan, how are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm great. Ethan's a new co-host, so he gets first billing, but we're so glad to have you on. We're so glad to have you back in action after your little break. And uh, Ethan wasn't suspended, people. It was a personal matter, um, but a joyful personal matter. We're also joined today by our strategic communicator, Miss Strategy herself, Rini Miles. How are you? I'm good, Stuart. Um, it's a beautiful, another beautiful September morning. Is it? Yeah. It was like 54 here, but the good kind of 54, right? You want a nice backbone of 78 if you're going to have a 54. Um, Keep it as a base, right? Yeah, right. If that's the base, it's good. Yeah. Good day to sit on the porch and drink a cup of coffee as the sun comes up. Yep, I that it is. Sitting on the porch and drinking is something I intend to do very soon. Uh, <laughs> no, that's totally true. Yeah, uh, glad to be back. So today, I'm. Uh, well, we'll get to our guest in a minute. But first, we have a handful of announcements. The first announcement is this. We are just moments away from scheduling our discussion, our book club discussion of uh, Death and Life of the Great Lakes by Dan Egan. So if you haven't read that book yet, go ahead and read it. And we're going to reach out via social media and others for your comments. You can send us a comment, uh, you know, via email, teach me about the Great Lakes at gmail.com. Or you can put it on our hotline, which is 765-496-I. ISG. So if you have questions or comments, please do that. Um, but if you haven't read it yet, please go ahead and read it because we're going to get that. I think that's going to finally be in October. I've been saying this summer um, um, for a while, and I think October is reasonably included within the summer, um, at least when it comes to uh, these purposes here. So uh, if you haven't read it, read it. It's really, really good. Really interesting book. Um, I have lots of quibbles, but I, I'm, so I'm excited to talk about it. But I also learned a lot, so it's good. And then the uh, second big announcement is the Lakeys. Rini, are you fired up about the Lakeys? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I'm an award show junkie, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've already got my little black dress that I'm going to wear um, to it. And uh, yeah, so the Lakeys are, we're, if you are not familiar, because this is the first time you've listened, go back and listen to the last 40 episodes. But if you don't feel like doing that just now, uh, the Lakeys are our annual, starting this year, um, awards ceremony that we are calling possibly not the least prestigious uh, Great Lakes based award show that there is. Um, and I, I'm willing to stick to that. And so uh, what we're doing is we're accepting nominations for a variety of categories, things like um, Great Lakes News of the Year, Great Lakes Outreach Program of the Year, Great Lakes Scientific Paper of the Year, um, Great Lakes Animal of the Year. Right now, that's a very contentious one. Um, Great Lakes Animal of the Year, Great Lakes Non-Animal of the Year for everything that's not an animal. Um, and then, of course, Great Lakes Sandwich of the Year, Great Lakes Donuts of the Year, and other things like that. So we want you to go nominate somebody for the Lakeys or nominate a program. Do it right now. Look in the show notes for the link, but just go to bit.ly.com slash Lakeys21. That's L-A-K-I-E-S 21. And uh, nominate something for Lakeys. You can nominate for as many or as few categories as you want. And we're going to throw all those into the hopper. And then uh, we are going to, through a process that is yet to be determined, uh, come up with a series of Lakeys Winter. And that'll be our probably our last episode of the year. So time's getting short. So if you have a great program, uh, go nominate it. But so what I want to do today is I'd like to feature some of the nominees, right? Because um, I'm learning about all kinds of cool stuff. And so today's nominee that I'm going to feature is the Clean Lakes Alliance. 
which was recently nominated for Outreach Program of the Year. And so you can go to cleanlakealliance.org and see their website. And so it's a nonprofit dedicated to the improvement and protection of uh, lake streams and wetlands in the Yahara River watershed. And I'll be honest, I had not heard of the Yahara River, but that's the river that goes through like all the lakes that are in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, so that's a river there. And, and so they work on community awareness issues and, and things like that. But what I really love, and so they partner with government and with uh, businesses and nonprofits and, and things like that. But when you go to their website, they have a couple of cool things. So what I'm looking at now uh, is the this, uh, it looks like a newsroom post or whatever they call it. Photographers share their view of our watershed. So go click on that. Are you, Rena, you're into photography. Are you, are you, are you there now? I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm on the site. Check this out. So here's a cool picture of Jaeger Park. Uh, no, that's not the cool one. That is cool. But the Raymer's Cove, there we go, about three down beside a frozen Lake Mendota. And I look at that and I'm like, man, winter isn't my bag, but boy, is that beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, very nice. A lot of beautiful. So they have all these, I think, they, I mean, these are some good photographers. Yeah, nice colors. Yeah. Some beautiful photography here. So even if you're not um, in the area, I wreck. Uh, oh, wait, I know why. I was telling about the wrong thing. That's why. Let me do that. I was looking at the hidden gems. Uh, the photographers have, yeah, some beautiful photos, like some aerial shots. Uh, um, yeah, some really neat aerial shots of uh, Madison, I think. Yep. But then if you go to the hidden gems, which is another kind of newsroomy post, that's where you see the Raymer's Cove. And it's got this cool, it's like water cascading down into ice. Or it's just ice. And it, it's like, okay, winter stinks. Like, but that's pretty nice. Yeah, it can be beautiful, as we all know. So anyway, I encourage you to go to cleanlakesalliance.org to, if nothing else, look at the photography and say, this is pretty neat. Um, and it looks like a, a wonderful site and a wonderful program, but will it win a lakey? Yeah, you just have to tune in in December to find out. There's also a what can I do section, which looks to be really helpful in terms of yeah. um, you know, different activities and, um, and opportunities. While you're looking for that, there's also the top 10 ways to help the lakes at home list. There we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. What can I do? It's in the top menu bar there. So a lot of cool stuff. And uh, I encourage you to check that out. I'm not going to do a, a drum roll thing like I do because that always just is awkward. Um, but uh, yeah. So anyway, like I say, the Great Lakes or the Clean Lakes Alliance, excuse me. Cool website. Cool program. Willow it Lakey? Tune in to find out. All right. Uh, great. So with that, we're going to move on to our guest. And so I'm super fired up today. This is a program that I saw, I was uh, Googling for something. I didn't remember what it was. And I saw this University of Toronto trash team. And it's a group of like scientists and outreach people at the University of Toronto working on the issue of trash, both in Toronto and that area, but also in the Great Lakes kind of broader. And so I said, you know what, this is near and dear to our hearts. So I thought it'd be cool to, to bring them on. And so I, I reached out and uh, they have a social scientist, so I like it even more. And so we got her to come on. So we'll transition to our guest and then we'll do it. Let me hit the right one. What are we going to do today? I'll do one of my new ones. Here we go. Our guest today is Dr. Rafaela Gutierrez. She is the program lead for social science and education programs at the University of Toronto Trash Team. She's part of the Department of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology there. Rafaela, how are you today? I'm great, thank you. Thanks so much for having me today. Oh, we couldn't be more excited. Yeah, I'm always happy to talk trash. <laughs> so first of all, tell us about the U of T Trash Team. What, what is that exactly? So the trash team, uh, the University of Toronto trash team is a science-based community outreach group. And we are made up uh, of students like undergraduate, graduate students, postdocs, uh, staff, and a lot of local volunteers. 
uh, all working together with a common goal uh, to increase waste literacy in our community while reducing plastic pollution in our ecosystems. So what do you mean by science-based there? That's an interesting way to phrase it. What science-based uh, trash team? Oh, yes, because everything that we do, it's based on science. Uh, we have uh, our group, it's of, uh, made of undergrad and graduate students. So everything that we produce and we study in our labs and our lives, we translate this in, uh, in the community and uh, outreach in our outreach programs. So Rafaela, um, what are some of the things that the trash team does? So um, our work falls into three areas of focus. So we do community outreach, school programs, and solution-based research. Uh, Our local projects use research to inform policy and management and education and community outreach to increase waste literacy. Uh, So we try to engage the public and implement effective solutions. So for, for example, for our community outreach, we do a range of programs presentations throughout the year and we have two big cleanups one in may uh, we call the spring cleanup and another in september the urban leader challenge that uh, will happen this weekend uh, and for solutions-based research uh, we have projects where we use science and research to help inform solutions so we have a a bunch of many uh, individual uh, research happening uh, for example we have one that we call home waste audit that's a four-week challenge to learn about waste streams in our, in, in our municipality as we increase our own waste uh, footprint. Um, we have like fighting floatables in Toronto Harbor. Uh, we collaborate with the uh, Ports Toronto and also TRCA uh, on local research and technological solutions to present and clean up floating plastics and another leader in our harbor front. Um, we also have... Uh, pollution pre- uh, prevention project, and one of those I work with that. Uh, so one of these projects is about single-use foodware, and I'm leading a research to understand the challenges and opportunities that uh, local business experience when impl- with uh, implementing reusable programs. So we want to understand what do local business needs to reduce single-use foodware. So now we are, uh, we are running this project uh, during the summer. Um, yeah, so those are one of the projects that we are doing here. And so single-use foodware, that has to do, that's like uh, plastic forks and knives yes. and straws and things yes. like that. Is that right? So, so are you finding, what, what are the, is it too early to say, or, or what are some challenges that businesses have with that? They are, well, they are facing a lot of challenges. Price is one of them. Uh, of course, uh, single-use is, is cheaper. Uh, the, the customers still need to to change their mindset. So it's easier for them to just go and grab a a disposable cup and then just throw away and don't need to worry about having to wash your cup. So it's still something, it's a cultural thing that we need to change and that's take time. Um, And also the city of Toronto, they are implementing like a voluntary measurement for uh, business uh, to start to promote these reusable uh, initiatives. So we see that next, probably next year, things will hopefully will change in the city a little bit. I have a question about uh, about um, the trash team in general. Is it like how does it work? Is it is do you have a lot of volunteers as part of the project? Um, and and 
what sort of things would they do? And um, yes, yeah, just learn more. Yes, exactly. We have a very, very big uh, volunteers group. So everything is run by, we have a small staff group that is only uh, Chelsea, Susan and I, the co-founders of the trash team. And then uh, we had a, a outreach as well, one specialist and the rest is all volunteers. So for example, our school program, now we are starting to uh, um, engage more students from UFT, from our departments to be instructors in the our grade, uh, in our grade five uh lessons classrooms so they are all volunteers uh and they we have volunteers a lot of volunteers are from the university of toronto and from rockman lab uh so that's our like a strong group but we have volunteers from the city from different universities or just people like uh young scientists or people that's just interested in the topic um on your home waste audits that you were doing um, I noticed that part of that project came out of Great Britain, that some of the research for that came out of Great Britain. So are you guys collecting audit information from the U.S. and Canada and other places as well still? Yes, exactly. So we we run two ways audit so far. And the second one, we did like a research as well. So what we do is... Um, we gather the people who are interested in change their behavior uh, and learn a little bit more about waste. So we invite them to do a challenge of collecting their waste and counting out it uh, for a month, for weeks. So the first week we have a webinar and we explain all the problems of plastic pollution. Uh, and then we ask them to uh, count their waste, like uh, tally everything that they produce in a week. And then the second week, we encourage them to look into their um, uh, waste and management stream. So here in the city of Toronto, they can go on their website and uh, try to find information if they are how to properly dispose of their waste. And then we send a lot of tips to reduce waste. And we, after that, four weeks later, they stop to to, uh, tally. And then we, and two months later, we have another survey asking uh, what's changed. Uh, So we have a quantitative uh, uh, analysis. We see, we we get all the data and we see uh, if they change the number of waste that they are producing, but also they explain what change they made it. And so it's a very interesting tool that we are using. It's not only outreach, but it's a research as well. And uh, it's really fun to see and that people are learning a little bit uh, about waste and how they can reduce and their problems. So it's it's a very interesting research. And, and yeah, so uh, you asked me, the first one, we had people from U- US, we had some uh, participants from UK as well. So yes, it's, it's not only here in Toronto. That's interesting. And, and so most of your research is on the social science side, right? You, it, as far as I'm you're interested in policy and, and sort of um, improving, uh, it seems largely tied around food waste. No, no, no. It's not all about food waste. We, we work with, majority of our work is with plastic. Uh, oh, yes. okay. So my biggest, biggest role right now is running the school program. So we have... Uh, 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 I was explaining we have like three focusing uh, in, in in different areas. And the third one is the school program. So, of course, waste literacy is a core to our mission. 
And so schools were a logical choice for one of our target audience. So we created a school program for school program for grade five students. And, and we have a series of lessons designed to improve scientific and waste literacy and also foster this curiosity about the natural world and our impacts on the planet and ecosystem and planet. Uh, so we have like, we create four lessons. We talk about plastic cycle, watershed, the, the second one is watershed and their relationship to leader, impacts on of plastic on ecosystems and solutions to plastic pollution. So we have like those lessons that kids will learn how to manage their waste. Um, uh, what's happened with, uh, they learn about circular and linear economy. And then the second one, the watersheds and uh, sources of pollution and uh, plastic that ended up in the water. So how plastic moves or not moving the water. And then we discuss like, Okay, now it's in the water. What what are the impacts in the animals and the wildlife the ecosystems in general? Uh, so we talk about entanglement, uh, ingestion of plastics, and solutions. And then they have like um, they will learn. They will start to to design their own solutions. They will discuss what they can do about it. Uh, so they can create some technologies to clean the water. They have. They have different aspects of uh, they can create it. So that's the time that they can have the opportunity to think about their impacts and how they can do something about it. So you're doing things from like all the way from macroplastics down to microplastics with these students, it sounds like. So what is um, two questions? One is uh, so the whole stick with this podcast is that I'm kind of ignorant. And uh, it's a little bit of a shtick, but it's also a little bit true. So uh, I have two questions. You can take them in either order. One is, what is the difference between a circular and a linear economy? Pretend that, pretend that I'm real dumb and don't know that. And then two is, I want to hear the coolest plastic solution that you've seen a fifth grader come oh. up with. So uh, whichever <laughs> of those you prefer to take first. Yeah. Maybe we can start with the, uh, the coolest ideas. Well, kids are very creative. And actually, they many of them had uh, ideas that they already... Uh, one of the solutions that they decided to create it was one that we actually have here in the Toronto and they didn't know. So uh, they they know like about technology in general. One of them was like, they want to jet ski, go around the city and they have like, a, a, they have to do like certain movements in the water that the coolest movement win, but also they have to collect waste, a uh, leader in the water as they are doing their competition of uh, in the water, so what I thought was I, I thought it. was pretty funny. A jet ski race while collecting, yeah, it's like uh, the best version of Mario Kart. Okay. Yes, and about linear circular economy. Uh, as we teach our students, um, linear economy is something that we produce, we consume, and we dispose. End of the story. That stop there, and then you to have another. You have to produce another. Uh, if you want to have another water bottle, plastic water bottle, you need to produce again and consume and dispose and put in the garbage or uh, circular economy. It's when you, you're, it's a circle. Instead of putting their garbage, it goes to the recycling and then goes into the process again. Keeps everything in the system rather than producing waste at the end and uses the outputs as inputs. I like it. I hadn't heard that uh, sort of metaphor before, but that, that's good. Yeah. yeah so, um, and 
in parallel of the, uh, with this study, with this school program, we are running uh, studies to better understand the efficacy of our school program to increase waste literacy among grade five students. So we are not only doing this uh, the school program, but we are also running uh, studies to um, to understand like access environmental knowledge, attitudes, communication, and self-reported behavior. This is the cool thing about the trash team, right? <laughs> is is when I was this is what attracted me to all entirely is is it's an outreach program, yes, which is good, of course, but it's really the science is really integrated. So you're doing studies kind of just across the thing. That's uh, what what gave you all the idea to do that? Is it because you were hatched from like a research, you know, lab, right? Or is it um, is that kind of how that evolved, or did it evolve in some different way? Actually, we created the trash team in 2017, and. Everything about our team starts with the idea of bringing a trash team, a trash wheel to Toronto. I don't know if you have heard about it, but we were inspired by this. So the trash wheel is a big technology to collect uh, litter from water in Baltimore. But uh, with a twist, they have like this giant quirk personality with giant googly eyes. So it's something that really, really... uh, uh, it's super powerful, like to see it. Uh, so we love the idea of something that could help clean leader, collect data, and capture the community attention. So while this is still a long-term goal of ours, we don't have a trash wheel here, uh, but we change our plans to to instead build an outreach group where pro- programming like the trash wheel could be incorporated so we decided to go around and start to with our outreach and our science that we are have like very uh, strong base on science uh, or work together so Rafaela, um i wanted to ask you it's it's really difficult to eliminate single-use plastic from your life and plastic is just like everywhere um, do you do you find that you're ever getting that you ever get overwhelmed by the the massiveness of the problem in terms of how we can get to a better place? Yes, I do. Uh, I try not to. Um, and what I say every time, especially when we are like working with kids and we really need to be positive. And we, what I, I, I always try to say is don't, don't try to change the world. Like you're, you won't be like a zero waste from one day to another. Let's do baby steps, like one, one step at a time. So when we are t- talking about uh, reducing waste, let's, okay, focus on something that you like go to your waste and do your, your own, own home uh, waste outed and see what you have in your garbage bin, your recycling bin. What can you eliminate from there? And start with one item and Try this for a year. And then uh, when you see that you have a progress, start with another one. Uh, so I think this way we can like get some points that we can start to think when when it's do home uh, ways out, it's super uh, empowering. Like you will start to see what you are producing in your home because sometimes we don't, right? Uh, so I think that's the way that I'm trying to do it and I'm trying to do it with my daughter. At least we... It is, it's a overwhelming situation and we really need to do a lot of things. Uh, like government needs to take their part. Uh, in the industry needs to take their part in doing that. It's not only as individual that we will change everything, but we can definitely start to help and, uh, and discuss about this. 
So if somebody is interested in doing those sorts of things, um, but maybe they're not ready to commit to doing the full home waste audit, um, are there suggestions that you could give to folks as a way to just start to become more cognizant of those things? Oh, this is a good question, but hold on. Let's do it this way. I like this question, but um, it's not obnoxious enough. So here's what we're going to do. So uh, we're going to ask for your top three tips for uh, getting started in this. And But here's how we're going to do it. I always screw this up. I don't ask it right. And then it's just awkward and embarrassing. So I'm going to try to explain it right. Um, and then it'll be not awkward and not embarrassing. So I will ask you for your number three tip and then we'll do a drum roll. And then you'll name the tip. I'll do a symbol and then you'll go into more detail. Does that work? Okay. So yeah, trust me. And Quinn, keep all this in so that the audience knows how stupid I am. Uh, so they blame me. All right. So your first one is... Reducing consumption. Reducing consumption. Yes. Tell me about that. Because by using less plastics, uh, we are not contributing to need for increased production. So if we use less plastic, we have less plastic being produced. Oh, that's a good point. So if you use less, then, then yeah, there's less trash. Because even though we talk about that circular economy, there's still waste in that system, right? No matter what. Yeah, a lot of waste. Yeah. And we don't have a circular economy regardless. It's extraordinarily yes. linear. Okay, mm -hmm. great. All right. So then your number two tip for, keep, for cleaning up the Great Lakes is? Improving waste management at home, in your local areas, in your city. I think we need to improve our the way that we are treating our waste. Yeah. So what is what do you mean by improve it? What, is, what are some improvements? So for, at home, we can start to like separate and in, in the correct beans, put in the recycling, the right beans, put in the uh, plastic, clean your uh, waste. But in the city, we need to make sure that we are not uh, leaving uh, plastics uh, or waste ended up in the water so we need to have better uh, beings in the streets we have to have a better systems of collection and we have a better system of recycling as well so it's uh, a lot to do <laughs> and then your number three tip for cleaning up the great lakes is cleaning up pollution from the environment itself so after reducing consumption, improved waste management, we still have a lot of waste that ended up in the water. So we need to clean up pollution from the environment. Yeah. And have technology to do that. Those are great. Those are three amazing tips. And and so a lot of those. So I, I was thinking about that. Um, and it ties into what you're teaching the students and ties into kind of the long term uh, uh, things you're trying to do with the trash team, it seems like. Uh, so that that is good. Um, well, Rafaela Gutierrez, this is actually really interesting, and I'm so glad you came on to tell us about this, but that's not actually why we invited you here on Teach Me About the Great Lakes this week. The reason that we invited you on Teach Me About the Great Lakes is to ask two questions, and those questions are this. All right, first one, if you could choose to have a great donut for breakfast or a great sandwich for lunch, uh, which would you choose? <laughs> I would definitely choose a great sandwich for lunch. <laughs> Lunch. Great sandwich for lunch. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a sweet person in the morning. So yeah. Not a sweet person in the morning. Neither am no. I until the coffee kicks in. Then I get very sweet. So uh if if I'm in Toronto, I assume you're at the Toronto campus. Uh, and yeah. so I've I'm I'm spent the morning cleaning up trash. I've been riding jet skis around, picking trash up, and I come back and I want a great sandwich. Where should I go in Toronto to get a really great sandwich? Wow, well, I would say that are lots 
a lot of uh, local business here. I cannot pick one. I would be wouldn't be fair. Um, I eat a lot of sandwich actually in my place. My husband makes a very good sandwich. Oh, <laughs> so okay. if you are here, you can. My husband can make one for you. But uh, uh, we have beautiful and a lot of uh, cafes here in the city that you can enjoy and visit. So when I'm in Toronto, that's what I'll do. I'll come by your house for a sandwich, and then I'll take a yes. sandwich tour of Toronto. <laughs> Yes. Um, which would be good. And the second question is, is this. So is there a special place in the Great Lakes you'd like to share with our audience? Like what's a special place to you and what, what makes it special in the Great Lakes? So that's a great question, actually. Um, I haven't been all lakes yet, so I cannot tell about all of them. But I am living now in Toronto and I'm completely in love with Lake Ontario. Uh, and I, I think it's because it's amazing to have like such a huge lake so close to your home. So for me, like doing like regular things, like go for a quick bike ride with my family and then stop for swimming or just enjoy the beach during the summer or in the winter, see that harbor fronts all frozen. It's like I I completely love just like be here in the city. And it's so democratic, like everybody can be in the lake, enjoy. Um, You don't need to be like super far, go to a cottage or whatever. Just go here, take a TTC or take a bike, walk, and you are there. So for me, that's very special. That sounds wonderful. It sounds beautiful to see the city up against a big lake like that. I know. It is beautiful. Yeah. We got to go to Toronto, team. I think that's the deal. We got the, yeah. You totally should go here. It's an amazing city. People are all fired up about trash right now. They want to learn more about the trash team. Where should they go uh, to learn more? Okay, yeah, definitely you can Google uh, University of Toronto Trash Team. Uh, we have a website, uftthrashteam.ca, and we are in social media uh, at UFT Trash Team, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And there in our website, you can find our information. If you want to send me an email or contact us personally, yes, you can use uh, our website or uh, social media. Well, Dr. Rafaela Gutierrez is the program lead for social science and educational programs at the U of T Trash Team in the Department of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology, all at the University of Toronto. Thank you so much for coming on and teaching us all about the Great Lakes. Thank you so much for having me. That was so fun. <laughs> it's always fun to hear about how people are dealing with these trash issues, I think. And the trash team, I... I I found their website and I reached out. I said, we have to talk because it's an interesting approach and it's reminiscent of what we do at Sea Grant, right? Yes. Connecting um, education and outreach to research. It's that's, that's our bailiwick. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that is our bailiwick. <laughs> that's our daily bailey as I call it. But <laughs> well, and the fact that they tie together the research, education and outreach components matches up well to what we try to do around here. Yeah, I think that's neat. And I, uh, I think the, they're still working on the research end, but I can't wait to see the papers that come out of it. I think, I think there'll be a lot of knowledge uh, uh, to build because it's, you know, it's a complicated. Well, I mean, shoot, this is what about our third or fourth episode where we've talked about microplastics, you know, directly or indirectly. Um, in fact, I'll put some links to those in the show notes, which you can find at teachmeaboutthegreatlakes.com slash 4141 because this is episode 41. You know, our very first episode was microplastics uh, with, with Sarah Zach and Carolyn. And then we had our microplastics draft earlier this year. We're always happy to talk plastic because unfortunately, uh, it's it's everywhere, right? Well, unfortunately, microplastics. Plastic itself, it's more complicated than that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Teach Me About the Great Lakes is brought to you by the fine people at Illinois Indiana Sea Grant. We encourage you to check out the great work that we do at iicgrant.org and at ILIN Sea Grant on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. I think we're doing more on our Insta lately, but I'm not positive. I, I stopped Instagramming once Facebook bought them, I'll be honest. But I think we're doing more on our, our Insta. Anyway, um, uh, Teach Me About the Great Lakes is produced by Hope Charters, Carolyn Foley, Megan Gunn, and Reedy Miles. Ethan Chitty is our associate producer and our fixer. Our super fun podcast artwork is by Joel Davenport. Joel, welcome back. The show is edited by the awesome Quinn Rose, uh, who we gave plenty of work through this week. And I encourage you to check her out at AspiringRobot.com. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email. Teach me about the Great Lakes at gmail.com. Or leave a message on our hotline at 765-496-IISG. That's 4474. And they did not charge us for that line. You can follow the show on Twitter at uh, Teach Great Lakes. And I encourage you to do that and follow everybody that we follow because it is an interesting feed at this point. Um, and thanks for listening, of course. And uh, keep grading those lakes. I found out we got this digital piano for Christmas for the kids, you know, quote unquote for the kids. Um, and I found out that it also works as like a MIDI interface. And so I, and then I got this new iPad for work and um, I've been using it to, uh, uh, anyway, I've been having a lot of fun. So we're recording all new stuff, um, all new songs, even stupider than before. Did the kids uh, get to play with it at all? <laughs> Oh, they did, but their interest is not as high as mine, and they're not awake. The nice thing about the digital, I wanted a real piano. I still do, but it doesn't have a volume button. This thing, and it's got weighted keys, which is nice, so it's kind of like playing a piano, right? Um, but it, uh, it, uh, it, it has a volume, so I can play it when I wake up at like 4.30 and uh, not wake everybody up, so it's sweet. I heard that very subtle air quotes around for work. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did get it for work. But the thing is, this is work, man. I'm getting paid to be here. This isn't, I don't do this on steward time. This is, this is critical outreach. <laughs> so sorry, I couldn't get your paperwork done, Ethan. I had to record MIDI sounds to make a stupid uh, uh, transitional music for teaching about the Great Lakes. But the thing is, if that's what the taxpayer demands, that's what I'm going to do. That's it's, fair point. It's, it's what the audience wants. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is exactly what they want. No, no, to be clear, to be clear, all of the stupidity I do on my time, um, but the recording I do on company time, but uh, the stupidity is what, you know, you got to have something. Life is hard, right? You got to have a hook. Yeah, you could do some stupidity on, on work time, especially if it, you know, if it's, if it's all about the work anyway. There we go. We got to have some fun, right? That's actually with this podcast. That's something we talk about a lot is, is cause it is a little different. I think that a lot of, you know, uh, than like, uh, what is that? What is the Purdue one? Welcome to Purdue or whatever. Uh, life at Purdue. Life at Purdue at the guy who, who, yeah, yeah. And, and it's just very pro, but very scripted, right? Welcome to Purdue and, uh, or whatever. And, and, and it's fine. And it features all this stuff and, and it's like everything that we're not, and that's, that's okay. But, but, what's nice about this is it, it you gotta have something creative and something fun at work and and so if it's not creative and fun then it then it's drudgery and nah who wants that yeah totally agree